Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not Only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise. But it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming your weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at, whether you have HA We've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea podcast. Today, I bring you Olivia Wagner. She's a functional dietitian with a special interest in women's health and women's fertility. She has her own story with HA. I'm going to get her to tell it. I'm going to get her to do most of the talking, but we're going to dive, I think, down a few little rabbit holes. I think this is going to be a really interesting 
episode that's going to touch on things that are relevant to each and every one of you. So welcome to the show, Olivia. Danny, thank you so much for having me here today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's so good to get practitioners on who actually have uh, their own story or their like their own experience with this issue because it's really one of those things that like it's harder to help people with sometimes when you don't when you haven't been in those mindsets before. So I would love if you could kind of kick off this conversation with a a little bit of your history and how you relate to all of the ladies listening today. Totally. So I think that in starting the story off, it makes sense to tell you a little bit about how I first got my, my period, my menstrual cycle. And I was a very active teenager. I was in gymnastics. I was in track. I did cheerleading. So I kind of was in sports all year round. And I think that because of some of those sports, I remember being a little bit more self-conscious about my body and I loved food, but I was also very mindful about how food impacted my body. And I didn't get my period until I was 16 and none of my doctors were too concerned because I was pretty active. And I think very similar to how many people feel about that time in their life. I was pretty much told you should get your period every month and you can use tampons or pads. And that was pretty much my education. And as I was preparing to go off to college a few years later, I think that if I reflect reflect back on that time, my cycle was pretty normal. I got it every month. I didn't have to like stay home from school like some of my friends, but I liked the idea of this birth control pill and having something to kind of have more control around the cycle. And I didn't have any other knowledge to indicate otherwise why I shouldn't take it. And so I started birth control going into college and I was originally studying marketing. And at the end of my freshman year, was encouraged by some family members because of my love of food and they were all medical practitioners to explore nutrition. And so I started my nutrition studies. And I think that what is not uncommon is you can become very immersed in that own experience yourself. And I became very dedicated to practicing what I was learning. And so I could ultimately practice what I preach. But I think what got a little bit lost in that experience was the focus on what I call outer wisdom and a little disconnect from my inner wisdom. So I was reading or learning about things in my classes and I was trying to apply them to my body, but I wasn't necessarily recognizing the problems with the fact that I was hungry and ignoring it or that I was tired and ignoring it or that I couldn't focus because I was thinking about food in my classes. And I thought I was living this like picture of health according to what I was learning in school. And it, I wasn't able to see that, that connection. And so I started having a lot of health issues, a lot of digestive issues, insomnia, fatigue. And I was starting to become familiar with more like food as medicine kind of strategies and integrative health. And I started to question some of the medications I was on, like my anxiety Mm -hmm. medication and the Adderall I was taking and the birth control I was on. So I ended up stopping birth control at this time and I wasn't getting a period. And the response that I was getting from many providers, which I know I'm not alone in is, okay, well, you can go back on birth control. And I was starting to understand at a very, very low level um, of now what I understand at this point that that wasn't going to be necessarily my answer to having a true period, taking that birth control. And so I didn't go back on it and basically started to go through 
the hoops and jumps of meeting with medical providers to, you know, did I have a lining? Did like, is a progesterone challenge working? Kind of like the typical interventions. And at the end of the day, basically they said, well, you're not building up a lining. Your hormones are so low that we're not worried about risk for you like so much. So you can either go back on birth control. You can just kind of wait for your period. to come. Mm-hmm. And so I hear this a lot now from other people as well. Yeah. And at that time I was still having a lot of these other corresponding health symptoms. So I kind of jumped into this functional medicine world where, you know, I was being told about candida and adrenal fatigue and SIBO and yet I was still kind of in this perfectionist mindset about nutrition and wanting to learn all the things to help people best. And as I finished up school and started practicing on my own, I, that still continued. And I still was on this path of like seeking for how to fix myself and seeking for how to resolve all these corresponding problems. And at that time, it was like not having a period got like shifted to a very low level of the list in the eyes of my other providers. And after a lot of years, essentially 10 years of going through kind of hoops and jumps about this, or I guess I should say nine years, I was very depressed. I was so disconnected from friends and family. I was so hyper-focused on food as a result of all the dietary restrictions that I had been recommended to like support the SIBO, support the candida Mm -hmm. to, I ultimately was diagnosed with Lyme disease and mold illness. And so there was Mm -hmm. a lot that came along with that too. And my life became fearful around food and also like a very lack mentality. And there was a very strong disconnect from my body, which now in reflection, I can also kind of poetically say it was like a disconnection from my femininity too, as I was getting so like masculine into the very nitty gritty science of things. And like, I should be doing this because they told me to do this. And I hit this wall where I was like, okay, I'm miserable. I don't feel like my life is heading in a very positive space right now. If I were to continue moving in this direction, if I were to never feel better again, how would I try to live my life and make it feel good. Mm. And for me, that was a lot of like, it was what I call my initial surrender and a lot of letting go. And at that point, I think through that whole window, there was a lot of like body image focus and this kind of perfectionist tendency about like, I'm a nutritionist. I should practice these things look this way. And I surrendered a lot of that in the hope of finding something better. And I just got, as I've known, you've talked about on the podcast too. I went through that phase of like that massive yo-yo to like the other side where I was so like very specific about what I was eating a little bit more restrictive. And then I was kind of like trying to figure out what it meant like to listen to my own body cues again. And I gained a decent amount of weight pretty quickly. And then there's all that like negative feedback that comes up about body image and stuff. And it was a very growth experience for me. It was very challenging, but kind of the light at the end of the tunnel is like, you can't go back to where you were because it's not working. So you got to keep moving forward to figure out what your next step is going to be. So about a year into that journey and doing some more mindset work and some energy work, I ended up getting my period back. And I wasn't even really expecting that to happen so much. I, I hadn't lost faith that I would ever get my cycle back, but it was it was, had become such a bigger story at this point. And for me, when I got my period back, it was like this beaconing of light. Like I'm on the right track. I regained this like trust and faith in myself that I could create changes for my body and I could heal. And it also helped me like 
feel so much more connected to myself. And that through like recentering, reprioritizing values, reconnecting with people, like loosening up and letting go a little bit, like I was able to rediscover that femininity and like my body to find that safety space again, which it hadn't felt for a long time. And the irony was the entire time I was just trying to help myself, but I couldn't get to that place of true like self-love and self-care. And so ultimately that's been my mission in working in women's health and like specifically PCOS regular and missing periods is to help people find, you know, balance with their bodies from an abundance and a, you know, like an inclusion standpoint, as opposed to like a lack or restrictive mindset and also helping them to like connect and feel empowered to their body and empowered with their body in that process. Because it was something that I just didn't have. And I never want someone to have to be on such a long journey as I was. And I know that many people are. Yeah, they are. So then how much of your story do you think was physical lifestyle changes, i.e. eating more, exercising less versus mental mindset, self-care type work? You know, that's such a great question because it has to be both. But I think mm-hmm. for me, the mental shifts had to come first before I could actually implement the physical yeah. shifts. And yeah. it was something that I didn't want to admit to myself for a long time. Like I wouldn't, you know, I think in reflection, I can say that I had an eating disorder. And, you know, at the time I couldn't admit that, you know, and I think there was a lot of self-growth that had to come before the physical implementation could come along with it. And there was a lot of tug and pull for a year or two. And there's still stuff that I process on a daily basis, but you reach a point where like, you no longer can go back. Like you no longer. Yeah. Like you know too much. Yeah. Yeah. You realize just how long you actually spent with blinders on not able to see that things are far more complex and gray than you realize like you, uh, so many dietitians have HA. I feel like I talk, I like <laughs> one yeah. out of three of my clients are like a, are di- a dietitian. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just something about like, we go down this path and we learn good and bad mm-hmm. and it reinforces behaviors. And then it, we, it's really hard to break the behaviors. And so extensive mental and emotional work has to be done in order to get there. And so it really is, so this is why I tell people it's so much more than eating more and resting. It's like, there's a few people out there that sure, maybe that's all all that it is. Um, But for the most of us, it's significantly more work and there's just more to it. Yeah. A lot of unlearning for me and Mm -hmm. being open to trying on different things not knowing whether or not it would be like supportive and also recognizing that these results were going to be, it would take a long time to see the results I was hoping to see. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why it's like so good to, when you get to work with people, right. I assume you experience this as well. You just, you see exactly where they're at and when you see them struggling, right. Like they're in the depths and like, this is really, really hard. I'm in the middle of a, of a moment, like, uh, you know, during this journey and you think, okay, good. This yeah. is where they should be. 
this is, they're doing the hard work. And when they stay really comfortable and you check in with them and they're like, oh, everything's fine and no problems. You're like, mm. <laughs> are you you're trying? Recount moments. You're going to have those moments where you're like, no, I want to go back to my safety zone. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to what feels normal and comfortable for me. Am I actually going to get to where I want to go? Like, am I going to yeah. be in the middle in this other uncomfortable place? It's a lot of self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's change gears a little bit. I love um, chatting with practitioners and hearing like their protocol or their approach. So when you work with a woman who comes, she's displaying hypothalamic amenorrhea. What's your approach to this client? Totally. So I've created, I like to talk about the foundations for women. And so we start with very basic things and then we can kind of up level as we go but I felt like in my story a lot of foundations were overlooked for a lot of the like diagnostic things that were coming back in and so I really try to prioritize that for women and I've created a little like oh I always forget what these are called but I call it the magic method and so it's um mindful movement adequate um adopt adequate and nourish nutrition gauge stress and create a stress care toolkit, identify values and set a healing mindset. And then also circadian support involving like light and sleep. And so we usually based on who I'm talking to, it's like not really in a particular order. We'll kind of start with what needs the number one, like highest priority, but typically we're starting with some sort of mindset work. And so like talking a little bit about values, talking a little bit about what's holding you in your place right now, what, where you want to go, what you see for your life. Because I think we sometimes get lost and, you know, people experience hypothalamic amenorrhea for a variety of reasons. It's not always just related to eating disorders, you know, which I, I know you understand, but um, it's important to have those conversations about if there, is there anything from a mindset standpoint that could be holding you in your place that even if we were talking about adding in all, like if you had all the education, you just wouldn't be able to implement it because this would be holding you back. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting because as you're talking about, like, I feel like I do the exact opposite. Um, so maybe I'll kind of like have a go at reversing that, but I definitely dive in first. With like, okay, so here's what I'm seeing physically based on like your food log and blah, blah. Yeah. And we get that. I'm like, so this is what you're going to do for the first couple of weeks. Um, and then now let's break down what's hard about this yeah. and stuff. So it would be interesting to like flip it on its head and do the, um, the mindset stuff first. I feel like it's fantastic to kind of kick off at the beginning because then you talk about it through the entire process mm-hmm. and then definitely for like maintenance and building on beyond, you want to be like adding that at the end. So kind of book ending it and working it through the middle, but similar to what you were saying, like adequate nutrition and nourish nutrition is like very important. So talking about blood sugar stability making sure that, you know, we're getting a sense of, I use like a, a food and mood log. So it has pictures so we can kind of look at what they're eating and, you know, if calories, um, are like a triggering aspect. We're also just able to focus on like building out portions that way. And so I really try to focus on an include versus exclude um, approach in this area. And so talking about specific like nutrients to be including and what you're seeking in your diet to build it up. And also like if there's been a lot of food fears involved, like there were in my case also related to health conditions. 
it's starting to destigmatize those like food rules and like looping some of those things back in. So creating kind of a safety and that we can talk about nourished nutrition from like where we're trying to include different therapeutic foods, vitamins and minerals, things that are essential for like adrenal health and digestive health and women's health. But you also need soul foods and you need things that feel good and sound good to you that are going to allow this to be sustainable. And you can have a nourished, balanced, healthy diet with including those foods, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that a lot of people are really shocked to hear. And they have created this programming that these foods are, and that's like a lot of the work that we explore too, is um, creating safety around things that they have once felt like a lot of guilt around or shame, or, you know, like they like those foods, but they're bad foods as you were describing before. So. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating of course with this system so lots of information lots of case studies lots of stats we go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. A lot of dialogue around creating safety and having permission, the power of permission to include foods that you enjoy in your routine. Yeah, I love it. You had mentioned, and those funny things stick out to me. Like, oh, I want to talk about that. You, you mentioned one of the first things is like balancing blood sugar, right? Um, yeah. And that's just something I haven't really talked about on the show much, but I do 
have a focus on when I talk individually with people because um, a lot of, I don't, I want to see if you find this commonly. A lot of people with HA are recommended to just eat in abundance of anything. And so when they come to me, they're um, just eating a lot of highly processed things or just a lot of like, you know, their favorite foods or um, easy foods. And so it's it, none of the meals are particularly well balanced, yeah. but the advice that they're getting is that like the research shows that you, it's just about the calories in. So what's, what do you see with that? Do you see that often? Well, I think, yes. And I think that part of that is now they're coming from this out of control space mm-hmm. and blood sugar stability is important for, oh my gosh, so many reasons. Like literally I could talk an entire episode about blood sugar stability, but I think it also provides a certain level of safety and understanding and confidence in the process of nourishing themselves. I show them like a visual, I call a nourished plate that includes, mm-hmm. you know, proteins, fats, carbohydrates, um, fiber rich veggies, and show them kind of how to navigate that throughout their meals in their day. And also blood sugar instability in itself is something that's going to drive up anxiety. It could create feelings of sugar cravings. It could create lower energy or lower mood. And those are all things that could challenge that like HA recovery process too, when those emotions or those blood sugars are destabilized. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I I won't take us too far down that tangent. I could talk about it all day too, but yeah, it was just like, just pro tip for for people. Okay, cool. So in terms of lifestyle factors, then what are your like go-to, yeah, like step one, everyone probably should be including this in their practice, maybe for recovery or in general? Um, I think that starting to shift the conversation around movement is really important. And so Mm taking a look at everyone's like activity level. And I don't, you know, there's going to be changes and it doesn't mean that you can't exercise. We're also looking in a container of a healing process and we're going to get you to a place where your body is going to feel safer and you can integrate more things in. But I really try to highlight and bring excitement to joyful movement again and the benefits of just going for walks and doing yoga and stretching and like reconnecting with your body in a way that isn't as aggressive or could potentially be adding to that fight or flight. And so that's something that, um, we talk about a lot and I really highlight in a way that like, this is a part of your like reconnection, your nourishment, your tuning in and just slowing down. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. You know, it's going to feel uncomfortable not to hit that Barry's bootcamp treadmill or like do other things, but like take a chance on this right now. And know that this is in good support of the bigger mission that we're working on. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Emotional support then when like, what do you think? I love how, like, I didn't send any of these questions to you. I'm just like putting you on the spot with this. Stuff. Oh, I love so, it. It's so, great. That's how I do it. Um, yeah. yeah. Emotional support, like what challenges and or advice do you see with getting people basically to enlist and enroll those in their life to get support could be from a professional, like what types of professionals? Yeah. What's your, what's your take on support? 
I have a network of therapists that I refer to all the time. And actually many of my clients have already been working with a therapist, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. And so then I find it really helpful to collaborate with the therapist and share like the work that we're trying to do. Also the work that they're doing in their sessions, because I do see this recovery as a team approach. And I occasionally have some people who come to me that haven't been connected with someone and it takes a little bit of time for them to get on board to that idea. But once they realize how much of it is like, once they hit a few like roadblocks where they're like, oh, wow, I'm locking up about this. Like, this is something that I'm pushing back against or I don't want to explore. That's where the therapy is really supportive. Mm-hmm. I love therapy. I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. So you're a big fan of like, we sh- you should at all times be with a therapist. And I love that because it's also not just about like uh, the food. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, a lot of what also can create this, especially if there has been like more orthorexic tendencies or restriction, like part of it might come from lack of education. Maybe there was Mm. too much outer wisdom from like social media or magazines or different things like that. And they never really had personalized education about just nourishment and health, but also it could be like compensation for something else that's never really been explored, you know, whether it's like trauma or something from childhood that could, you know, again, has created this framework for this preoccupation in this area. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Another side question. (laughs) So unexplained infertility, right? Yeah. People be like, I have unexplained infertility. My doctor said it. Yep. How often do you think that this is, that it could be chalked up to a case of HA because um, you know, often lab tests are coming back normal and it, it, that just makes it difficult for some practitioners to read if they don't know a lot about this. Um, yeah. How, how basically like how many people do you think are getting IVF or just like succumbing to, I have unexplained infertility or ba- basically just walking around undiagnosed with something diagnosable? Totally. Um, I love that question. And that's really like a big part of why I'm doing what I do is because Mm -hmm. I hope that I could communicate to people that before they're exploring something like IVF and there's no, IVF is an incredible option. It's amazing that we have that, but the fact that there's this communication from your gynecologist or like your primary care provider, whoever you're working with, that if you're not getting pregnant within like whether it's a three to six or a six to 12 month timeframe, depending on like what age you're at, that IVF, IUI, those sort of procedures are like your next steps mm-hmm. is bananas to me because like, we do need to look at how you're nourishing your body. We need to look at, you know, as part of my up-leveling, I'm looking at gut health with lab testing. You know, we're gonna, there's a lot that I'm doing as a part of foundational nutrition in supporting gut health, but there could be infections that could be causing stress to the body. There could be imbalances. And although that was something that in my story was like a little bit dysregulating, it was because I didn't have good understanding of the foundations before then we layered that in. And same thing with like hormone imbalances and looking at cortisol levels. We want to focus on those foundations, but again, if we're still not seeing progress That is something that's going to help us better pinpoint like what's going on, what really from a targeted standpoint do we need to support? And it makes me so like sad that some women never even know that 
even the baseline foundations are things that they should be thinking about, let alone that if that's not enough for them, there's other stuff that we could be digging into, nutritional deficiencies, toxic exposures, gut health and hormones that are a part of why the body isn't feeling safe for this pregnancy in this moment. And so that unexplained fertility term, I find like so disempowering because it's basically like, we don't know why you can't get pregnant. And like, it's like the stamp, you know? And I feel like there's just so much more to it. Mm -hmm. And it's a real, like, I just have infertility. Like I just, I just am infertile and uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm right there with you. That's just something I've been um, pondering more and more on. And I'm like, oh, I, it, the, I guess like IVF is just, it's kind of, it's covered by insurance, you know, and sometimes yeah. working with the functional practitioner isn't um, so covered. And, but yeah, there's absolutely nothing in the world wrong with those things. It just, yeah, yeah. I love what you said. Shouldn't be the next steps. Like I would like to save you 40 grand if I can help. 3,000%. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, um, I think, I hope that there can be more education to support that. And as far as like the, oh my gosh, there was something that I was going to say and I'm losing my train of thought on it, but basically it's definitely needed. And as far as like the just unexplained fertility concept is, it's like a very shut down feeling for people and the mindset piece. This is what I was going to say. If you start to embody that, like I'm infertile, this Mm -hmm. is going to be happening for me. There's something wrong with me. That in itself is like a huge energetic pushback, like to allow it to happen. Right. You know? And so it's like when people start to own that, and that's one of like the biggest things that I have to talk to people as a part of that mindset space is like, okay, let's start to change the language around the way that you're talking to your body. Nothing's broken here. Nothing is unfixable. We just have to do a little bit more exploration and we have to support and build up areas that are maybe a little deficient right now. You know, it's not unexplained. We're going to get there. Yeah. We, yeah. And you know, many times, many times it's, it is explainable. (laughs) Um, And I, oh, what else? You said something triggered me to think of something else and it was that oh damn I, I know when that happens 11 11 brain <laughs> well yeah I was up at 3 30 and I just stayed up <laughs> and it's now 2 p.m so that's where we're at um yeah like oh that's right that the other reason it's important to do the mindset work and what you were just saying about like identity identifying with infertility or whatever is that when you do then go and become pregnant you actually it doesn't just go away you carry that anxiety into your pregnancy and I see this all the time um and then you're like oh now I'm just worried I'm not gonna keep it and I talked like whenever a client's like I'm pregnant but I'm not gonna get too excited like we're, we're gonna try and I'm going to wait till I get to X appointment. And I'm like, girl, just be excited. Like it is and be confident because it's not going to hurt any less. Um, My gosh. One of the therapists that I work with, actually, she does some of that work with pregnant women and like with the baby in utero, um, making sure that there's like a safety feeling there and making sure that there's like a I don't know like the distinctions of everything that she does, but that's kind of her focus because you're so right. If you go into a pregnancy with this like fragile mindset and like, I'm 
delicate and I'm worried that the baby's not going to be safe. And it's, I am such a fan of like, no, you are strong. You are giving this baby good nourishment. Just like, and it's not meant to be like a toxic positivity thing. It's just owning what you are capable of, you know? Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that bit. Like it's not to be, yeah, toxic positivity. It is, you don't have to be overly positive, right? You just like have some confidence that your body can do this. Like we just need to get you there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It sounds like, um, you know, you take a very well-rounded approach of checking all of the boxes and how often do you see, like, does, do you get someone who's fully enrolled in all of it? Or do you see a lot of people who are like, I'm just here for the food rules? (laughs) So I think that when they first connect with me, they don't know like especially if they haven't really followed my Instagram or things like that they don't know exactly what to expect and they might be like buying into more just like the food piece and it takes time to break down some of those other layers I have had some women you know beyond our work together do more work with their therapist and then come back and continue finishing work like in another sort of like container and like the strides they have made just by tapping and being more open to tapping into more of the mindset stuff allows for more space to apply the modifications. And I think also you could probably attest to this, but sometimes so much change at one time is very overwhelming. So I do like to phase it out and kind of move it a little bit more slowly so that they don't feel like their entire world is being rocked at once. It's like, let's build up like a scaffolding essentially for you to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And the reason I asked that was because I was definitely the person back then when I was looking for someone to work with that I probably wouldn't have wanted to do that, that mindset work. Like this is all in hindsight for me. Um, And it took me a long time to recover and I made all the mistakes. And that's a part of why I have this show It's because I've like been there, made all the mistakes. Um, So (laughs) let's talk about it. But yeah, I just kind of want for the person listening, because there's a lot of them who are like, I just need the science. Oh my God. Okay. So I will have... Um, so I see so many times where we've done the, the lifestyle, the food, the mindset assessment, we see all of these awesome areas for opportunity and for growth yet still like this drive to go and get extensive lab testing, because I just like, I just still need that extra confirmation that something's wrong (laughs) before I can before I can really feel comfortable stepping into making these changes. And I just, I don't know if I really need to like gain this weight and I don't, and all of that stuff, right. I don't know if I really need to gain this weight. I don't, I don't know if that's really the problem or if stress is really a problem. Like all of that is a mindset thing. It's like, it's a challenge that like, before I can even step into this process of unpacking this work, I need like lab evidence. And it, I just, it feels backwards to me. It's something that I'm still unpacking. What's your take on that? Well, I think it's just that there's safety in staying where they are. And it's almost like, you know, how you would talk about with even like an eating disorder that like that's the eating disorder talking or like that's mm-hmm. the, it's the, the safety space of like what they're trying to hold on to and what ultimately needs to be re- like softened or released right. to be able to move into the space. So it's kind of like, their it's their way to try to protect themselves from the vulnerability of like 
surrendering maybe the, the hyper-focus on the body image or the, you know, it's like, what is the priority right now? Is it trying to get your period back or is it staying the same? And it doesn't mean also that you can't be comfortable with yourself or feel good in your skin, but in the process of transitioning there, you might feel uncomfortable in the process of getting what you're, you know, coming to you or coming to me to see, right? Yeah. Oh, so good. Ah, okay. All of this, this has been a fun little like popcorn style where I just ask lots of different questions. I really um, appreciate that. We'll have to have you back on when, and we'll do like a, we'll do a blood sugar thing or we'll do a mindset thing. Oh my gosh, um, love it. Yeah, but where, where can people find you if they want to work with you? How does that work? Or if they want to just like dive into a bit of your, content, where can they find you? Totally. You can find me at livenourishednutrition.com. And then my Instagram is also livenourishednutrition. And on my website, there's a little freebie and it's the healthy hormone audit and action. And basically it is a blueprint of some actions to start diving into, to support some foundational things to help balance and basically build up your hormones. So if you're struggling with amenorrhea or PCOS or um, other symptoms related to like hormone challenges, like fatigue or acne or, um, insomnia, those would all be, it would be a great starting point. And so you can find that on my website and there's also a link through my Instagram too. What was it called again? The, called the healthy hormone audit and action. So you audit your symptoms and then you're identifying some actions that could help to support you and get you on the right track. It has like a little goal setting component to it. And, um, a way for you to create a few next steps for yourself. Okay. Awesome. I'm looking on your website now. I'm trying to find it. It should come as a pop-up. Oh, as a pop-up? Yeah. So maybe. Okay. Perfect. Disabled. Yeah. I mean, I probably, cause I've already been on this. I probably already missed it, but okay, yeah. cool. A little link well, in my Instagram bio too, that goes directly to it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I'm really glad we got we got to do this and I'm excited to like meet you and have you in my world. Yes, me too. Yeah. Oh, I hope some people go and work with you and let me know how, how it went. Cause I, I will. People, when people message me and be like, Oh, I started working with so-and-so. <laughs> it's very fulfilling. Well, cool. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a really good day. I appreciate you, Olivia, for joining us. Thank you, Danny. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. 
When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHASociety. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and and use um, AFHASociety at the checkout, That will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is of course dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there but i may even recommend it for just everyone in general get your husbands on it get your partners on it if you have a history of ha and add on top of that maybe a history of the pill maybe you've been pregnant before you know through treatments or other like you've just your body's been through anything you know you're absolutely 100 percent dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp which is important for overall thyroid function which is often low in women with underperforming hormones so rather than eat seaweed snacks every day i get to take this beef liver with the kelp 
from my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.